Indiana Sportsbook. Hey, Canucks fans. Hey, hockey fans. And welcome to Game Over Vancouver. I am Clay Emo, Canuck Clay. And I'm thrilled to be speaking to you after another crazy, back and forth, tumultuous Canucks victory. Yes, the Canucks defeat the San Jose Sharks 6-5. to five in overtime two days after defeating the Montreal Canadiens seven to six in overtime add him up that's 13 to 11 and I have a very special guest someone who I'm uh, very fond of I'm sure you are too and I will introduce him in a second so as we get going subscribe to the this channel the YouTube channel Steve Dangle Podcast Network SDPN like the video and if you're listening on a podcast platform make sure you rate and review as well you're also welcome to follow me at Canuck Clay right here on YouTube. I do my own streams, my own content, as well as hosting these shows. And you follow me on here and on Twitter at Canuck Clay. And uh, yeah, uh, not to brag, but I've done eight of these shows now where I was the primary host, whether with guests or not. And I'm the Canucks, not I'm, I don't play for the team. The Canucks are six and two as I do these shows. So I think I should do more of these shows. I, I love Kaime, I love Sam, but the Canucks are six and two. But I have a, a great guest here to break it down with me. But first, let's pay some bills. Think you know what way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN, Steve Dangle Podcast Network. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN 19 plus. Please play responsibly. So two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I brought on Nick Pinkerton, aka Twisted Rister Hockey, big San Jose Sharks fan, big NHL fan. And as I said in my tweet today, it was so nice. We have to run it twice. So please welcome my friends, Nick. Nick, welcome and thanks for joining me once again, twice in 10 days. I am spoiled, man. No. Oh. The pleasure's all mine, Clay, and it's just great that we're here to talk about yet another exciting game between these two teams. These two amazing, amazing juggernaut teams. Before we get into the game, Nick, and I, I can't wait to hear your insight, where can everyone follow you and find you? Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel called Twisted Rister Hockey, and so I cover the entire NHL. I talk about the Sharks once in a while, but I really do want to represent the entire league at large. So head over to Twisted Rister Hockey, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And yeah, exactly like Nick said, not just a San Jose Sharks fan, which is his favorite team, but he does uh, tier videos. He does ranking of, of jerseys, history stuff. The guy knows his stuff. And you're going to see that over the next 30 to 35 minutes right now. Okay, before we break down the goals, before we... Just what are your thoughts after watching that masterpiece, Nick? <laughs> it was entirely entertaining. I The pace, just from the get-go, the Sharks, I, I really do have to credit them for when they got down, they battled back. They you know, didn't take their foot off the gas until kind of the end there. And special teams was overall kind of the big difference maker there. Yep. Uh, and and over time, of course, that, that can often be a coin flip when your top lines are out there. Yep. Spencer Martin might have given up five goals tonight, but I still think that he made some great saves out there. Interesting seeing the Sharks switch goaltenders as yeah. well. This game had a lot going on with it, and ultimately, yeah, the better team won. The, the team that was a little bit more disciplined won, but even so, you know, we it, it was by a very, very thin margin yeah. out there. And tell us tell us about this goalie. Like, I, I can't even say his name. I don't know who he is. Tell us about him. 
A2 Makiniemi. Yeah, so that's, that's was, what I said. Well done. Yeah, so he was brought over in the Brent Burns trade okay. in the offseason. And I didn't know anything about this guy, but he was part of the Chicago Wolves in the AHL. They won the Calder Cup. I don't think he was playing for that, though. That's how stacked that team was. And that's a reason why the Hurricanes are such a good team year in, year out with you know having good young players in their system. But anyway... I haven't seen this guy with the Barracuda so far, but you, you probably saw the numbers. He's actually had a pretty solid season for them so far. Yep. And given the fact that, you know, Reimer is still recovering from injury and Kakinen, well, he has not been particularly sharp in teal or seal teal as we saw tonight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good to see uh, the Sharks actually auditioning a Finnish goaltender because there are a lot of good ones out there in the yeah. NHL. Is um is Kakinen finished too? Yeah. So what what is it? And you guys have a lot of Finnish players on San Jose. I noticed. I, I mean, I can't name anybody off the top of my head oh, other may, than maybe, our goaltenders. But okay, uh, maybe, maybe not. We, we've right. had we've had some good ones in the past, though. We okay. had Tamis Alane at one point. Right. 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 Oh yeah. Actually, now that I'm looking through the thinking through the names, maybe not. Maybe just because I I keep thinking about the goaltenders as because that's who I'm focused on when I watch. Okay. So if really quickly, if you were the coach, would you have pulled the first goalie when he did? So he got pulled after the second period when yeah. it was still, what was that, three? No, it was 4-3 uh, because you guys had scored with just under a minute left. Correct. On that goal, which which goal was that? That wasn't the power play goal, obviously. That was... No, the, the late. it was a late one. It was a Mikheyev who, uh, the, the looper, the Ekman-Larsen looper, or the Myers looper. I don't think that that was one where you necessarily pull the goaltender unless you're trying to send a message to yeah. the team. Yeah. And I can see them doing that considering that's exactly how the Sharks finished the first period yeah. with the Canucks going up 2-1 in the last minute there. So I guess you could possibly do that. A little surprising to you know bring Makiniemi kind of cold into that game, his first ever appearance in the NHL. But that being said, you know it wasn't that he was called upon to make all that many saves given the Sharks had dominated the possession of the puck. So kind of interesting there off the beaten path, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. There are, are definitely some goaltenders in the minors right now who could, I think, measure up to Kapo Kakinen. Yeah. And he's, and is Reimer hurt or Reimer just doesn't play against the Canucks? Yeah. He's, he was on IR. He was put on, on IR a couple of weeks ago, excuse me. Yeah. And he's been practicing with the team. So oh. he's going to return at probably at the latest next Tuesday. Okay. I gotcha. And yeah, it was interesting because they, they just, as you were saying, okay, see, let's see how this goalie is going to do from the Canucks fans perspective. We're like, put some pucks on, on net on this guy. Let's see what he's made of. And I think we only had two shots on goal. 15 minutes in i think that's what one of our the commentators were saying so uh fascinating and great point nick about giving up a goal in the first minute i.e what how bonino scored on us or or first minute of the period or the last minute of the period and the canucks basically did both they scored at the end of the first the start of the second and the end of the second and that, and that speaks to maybe some from weakness maybe in, in the sharks is that fair to say i think so yeah. i think that tonight it wasn't that it was a back and forth game the whole time, but there were definitely passing lanes and shooting lanes. I was surprised to see the Sharks rip as many shots as they did toward the net. Yeah. And it wasn't like everything was coming in front of the crease. There was a lot from the perimeter, but again, 
the passes were getting through and and the shots were getting through a lot tonight too. Yeah, and it's funny, and we don't have there the eleven goals to go through, so we might not have time to go through all of them. But we can speak in generalities and then and then point to what we want to point to. It, it, as Canucks fans, so we see Spencer Martin give up four Nick in in the first period on Monday night against Montreal, and then I don't know, I don't think yeah he faced a lot of uh, a lot of shots tonight, but I I don't think. He was just okay, and I think there's been this whole buildup. We want him to do so well in Vancouver because Demko's going to be out for another five weeks, and we need Martin to do well. And he was doing really well, but he's he's starting to show cracks in his game, and like the the slap shot that beat him, uh, LeBanc slap shot, which was a great shot, 95 miles an hour, they said on the Vancouver broadcast. But the Gadjevich goal, I think he should have had. Um, I, I just think that Martin could have had some of those five goals. I don't, or maybe you know better because you you see your Sharks sh- players shoot all the time. Maybe they're that good all the time. I mean, Gadjevich isn't exactly the first name that comes to mind. So I would agree with you that if there's one goal where, yeah, Spencer Martin wants that one back, as they say on broadcast, it would probably be the Gadjevich goal. The first goal was kind of an unfortunate deflection where the puck even hit the ice and skipped up. So, I mean, it went off his own defender. So I I, like, how can you fault him for that? And the LeBanc goal and the Sharks, you know, they had a power play goal on a great shot from Timo Meyer. That's, not easy to stop, yep. but maybe you could point to that one as well. I thought that he he made some important saves, though, and as especially as we got into overtime, stopping a couple of uh, key chances before Pedersen came back the other way. Yeah, that uh, and we'll get to the overtime in a bit because there, there's some interesting things, including a, a JT Miller benching that I love your opinion on. So you're right, Bonino scores 18 seconds in, and then it becomes the Dakota Joshua show. And I, I wouldn't blame you if you said you didn't know much about him, but do you know much about Dakota Joshua, Nick? I have only heard his name maybe once or twice. Yeah. Apparently, my dog wants to say a thing or two about him. She's being very vocal right now. What's your dog's name? <laughs> Cortana. Cortana. Yeah. As in the 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 Mac setting thing. Um. Uh, well, before that, I know Cortana was a video game character, so she's a sidekick in the in the Halo video awesome. game series. So she's my sidekick. Beautiful I'm her dog. Master. Beautiful dog. I bring Mickey my Shih Tzu on here, but uh, I he I don't think I could find him actually right now. We're not even sure if he's still in the house. So um, yeah, so you heard of Dakota Joshua once, and he he almost had a hat trick as you saw in the second period. Yeah, uh, he got very close to three goals. It would seem almost like he would have a Gordy Howe hat trick. Don't forget because he got in a bit of a scuffle with Redeem Shimmick. Yep, yep. Is Shimmick a tough guy? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, not the not the tallest player out there, but he's not afraid to get physical. <laughs> all right, all right. So 2-1 after one, and then Hoglander scores. Uh, nice, Yeah, that nice play, that kind of weird play, uh, get, getting through the neutral zone with Horvat. Then we're 3-1. And so the joke here, Nick, and, and you know uh, the Canucks penchant for blowing leads, is is the only thing worse than a one-goal lead for the Canucks is, is a two-goal lead. And sure enough, the San Jose starts score the next two. Yeah, I think that the Sharks... I appreciate that they weren't overthinking out there. They yep. they just saw opportunities to put the puck on net, and that's what they did. And And it wasn't just the top line doing that tonight, and it wasn't just on the power play. So I give them credit for that. And they just were doing a good job in the second period, especially, of just really pressuring the Canucks in their own zone. But I really think that with San Jose, they kind of took their foot off the gas too soon in the third period. Right. And so the Canucks got a couple of high-danger chances, drew a penalty, and ultimately cashed in on that. And so that kind of shifted the momentum of the game from here on out. For sure. And yeah, and just before we get to that third, man, uh, when I was watching that Couture um, shorthanded goal, so that's one I think Martin needs as oh. well. And that's 
Oh, that could have been our, our the emo household. I'll tell you, Nick was was very upset. Um, and yeah, that was just a, a bad. Uh, yeah, Ekman Larson not. I think it was Ekman Larson gave it up, and then um, Matt and and didn't get back. And you but you need both Ekman Larson not to make that turnover, and you need Martin to squeeze that. I I think both those. So to me, that could have been a, a backbreaker. I don't know how you're feeling as a shark, uh, you know, Sharks fan at that time. What you, what were you thinking there? Well, I mean, it's interesting because we came into this game with the top-ranked penalty kill, yep. and we've been basically number one the whole season, except we've now conceded seven power play goals in our last three games. We gave up two tonight. Yep. And so yep. seeing us actually score, it, it's interesting in that we scored our first shorthanded goal of the season tonight, too. So to get that, you think, okay, maybe we're kind of like shaking off some of the, the rust or, or we're kind of snapping out of a funk with this PK. A beautiful pass from Jacob Magna there. But at the end of the day, our biggest asset was yet again a liability. Mm -hmm. So it's still a slump for us. Um, nice to see Couture uh, put the puck in. Yep. He He's not given enough credit considering his line mates typically consist of Alex Barabanov, who I, I love Barabanov, but is he a second-line winger on most NHL teams? No, he's not, right? He's got good and hair. Matt Nia yeah, and then we have like Matt Nieto yep. or like Nick Bonino out there. And so I know this was shorthanded, but for Couture to, to have 14 goals right now, to be on pace for like 40 goals with that line, not to mention he's, you know, the captain of a struggling team. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think that uh, some people kind of need to get off of of, of the, the hate train for, for Couture. So anyway, uh, if anyone's going to score there, it's, I'm glad to see it um, yeah. from him. I'm glad you brought it up. I, I want to ask you about that, but re really quickly. Thanks, everyone, for chatting. Thanks for being involved in the chat. We will get to some of your comments later. But Peter, did yes, you did hear a, a Miller F-bomb. That was when the Canucks were on the power play and one of the San Jose Sharks players lost their stick and then Miller proceeded. So it was basically a five on three because the guy had no stick, and then Miller proceeded to put the puck in the middle of all the San Jose Sharks defenders, and that's when he that's when he swore for sure. Um, interesting thing about Couture, and I would love to know, Nick, uh, tell me what the fans' perception of him, and tell me what his contract is, because on the Jeff Merrick show, a very popular show up here in Canada today, they were actually talking about, with all the injuries to the Colorado Avalanche, right, five of their six top, uh, top two, uh, six forwards out, only uh, Ranton, I guess, healthy right now, they were talking about, do they make a trade for Bull Horvat and what would that cost? And then, so they're talking about Horvat versus Jonathan Taves. And they said, given age and what they're doing, Horvat's probably better than Taves right now in their career. But then they also talked about uh, Logan Couture and what a one-two punch down the road, like a McKinnon Couture thing could be in, in Colorado. What's his contract like? And is there any chance that they would move him? I think he has a no move clause. Okay. So that is, or at least it's a, a no trade. So I, I, I'd i have to look at the yeah. specifics on that. I have never heard of like a legitimate prospective home for Logan Couture. Yeah. Uh, he's got, I think, four more years left on his deal at $8 million. Oh, so, so he's, in, he's that's, in, okay. That's good to know. That That is steep. Um, yeah. And, you know, he hasn't been quite the same uh in his own zone he did, he doesn't have some of that he was never the most explosive player but he he's lost some of that over the years too so and plus he has quite an injury history over his career as well you know somebody who's had his jaw wired shut for example oh. so and had knee troubles that sort of thing so um i would be stunned if there was a way to move Couture out and it's interesting that you brought up uh Horvat because 
basically, as soon as Miller was signed in the offseason, I said, if Horvat's going anywhere, he he should be an Av because they need a second line center. So yeah. that is definitely a storyline worth tracking if the Canucks are still kind of hovering where they are right now. Well said, well said. I want to say hi to Dennis from SDPN. I think Dennis is our is kind of moderating and in the chat. Thank you, Dennis, for your good work. Appreciate that. So then we get to the third. So McKayev gets that that one right at the end of the second. So now it's four three. You guys change your goalie, going from one guy who can I can barely pronounce to another guy who I can't pronounce, and then ex Canuck. Jonah Gadjevich, as we talked about, uh, bad turnover by OEL. Stop me if you heard that before. And Gadjevich, a quick release. Maybe Martin was screened. They did say that Martin was probably too far back in his crease. We And and as you said, uh, yeah, his first goal of the season. So not a noted goal scorer, Jonah Gadjevich. <laughs> that is easily the furthest away I've seen him shoot the puck. <laughs> so I'm guessing you're surprised when it went in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the LeBanc, uh, that was a nice play, actually. Uh, caught the Canucks on a bad change. And, the, and yeah, Carlson with the... Be- and Hurdle, I, like, I really like Tomas Hurdle and, and LeBanc and, and Meyer. Actually, I like a lot of players on this team. But that was a really nice play by Hurdle just to know that LeBanc was, was coming up behind him. And did you yeah, see that? that did you kind of know that was going to happen, just knowing these players, that they were going to do that? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Hurdle isn't necessarily a shoot first player. And it and it's funny because Carlson, right? He got burned in the last game in overtime on a bad change. And so for him to initiate that play was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So they score eight and a half minutes left. Canucks fans have learned from that Montreal experience that no game is over until all 60 minutes are done. And yes, that late power play, maybe not the, the, best call ever or the the toughest penalty but the Canucks one thing they have going for them is their power play and Kuzmenko is a beast at, at the net front and uh sure enough he com- uh, converts that Pedersen pass right down to the slot just an absolute laser from Pedersen yes and he just gets it right on the sweet spot of the of the uh, blade there no. classic no. I kn- he was he was playing the pass but there was still quite a bit of a lane there for for PD just to you know thread that. Sure, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I would never point the finger at uh, <laughs> somebody making their NHL debut and goal there. So you yes. know, Pickles has to kind of I don't know get down and and put his body in front of that puck a little bit better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, beautiful play. Yeah. Oh, it looks like Robert's in here from uh, SDPN as well. Thank you, Robert. Thanks to both you and Dennis. Okay, man, your impressions of that crazy overtime. We had goalies getting bowled over. We had like odd man rushes, which you get in overtime. Uh, what do you think overall? Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny because I I think you know I want this to end because this is total torture. It's like, can we just get one point can we, or one more point? Can we just get a win? We're one five and one in our last oh, seven games, and right. yet I'm I'm. Mad that there's only five minutes for this end-to-end action, you know, when both teams are bringing it, right? So, I mean, I was entertained. At that point, as a fan of a team that only inched closer to the ultimate prize of Connor Bedard, I was entertained. I got exactly what I wanted. (laughs) So, so we'll we'll talk about the goal, and then I, I want to talk about Bedard a little bit. When you, as an opposing fan, but as someone who knows hockey, when you see PD coming in, do you... Do you actually think, oh, there's a good chance that this is going to end the game? Yeah, but I don't think that he's necessarily going to shoot. And he shot He shot at a great time, too. Yeah. yeah. He didn't overthink it. He he got, what, toward the face-off circle, and he just ripped it. Yeah, yeah. 
Did you see, it was about two minutes earlier than that, uh, earlier in the overtime where he actually was in the same spot. Then he crossed over to the side, uh, swivel, he turned his hips, and I think he made a really nice pass to someone. Uh, yeah, PD, not the fastest skater, but he's so smart and he's so shifty that he's so good, Nick, on those three-on-three opportunities. He, you just see, you just appreciate how creative and how smart of a player he is, for sure. Okay. Yeah, he, so he just... He had multiple. He, he just really showed how versatile of, of a playmaker and a shooter he is tonight. Right. So let's do this. Let's uh, take a quick pause. Our breath. This is where I know how to insert the uh, the mid roll uh, ad. And then for the second segment, we will talk about two things. I want to talk about the San Jose Sharks and the Connor Bedard watch, and I want to talk about if the Canucks can keep up this play, type of play if it's sustainable. I think the answer is no, but we'll, I'd love to see what you have to say. And then in the third segment, we'll get into the chat section. So thanks everyone. A good a reminder here to subscribe to SDPN and like the video. There's 80 of you in here, which is awesome. Nick, you draw numbers, man. Every time I bring you on, the numbers come up and the Canucks winning too helps, but admittedly. But uh, yeah, like the video while you're here. We'll take a quick two-second pause. Question to you. You mentioned it already, so I'm going to ask you. Do you think the San Jose Sharks or actually have one eye or even more than one eye on this player named Connor Bedard. Yeah, I think they have an eye on, on getting at least a top five pick. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, there's probably three. I keep hearing the three guys at the top of this draft, but people are saying even what top nine, top 10, even top 12 or is as a whole much stronger than, than previous years. That's great for a team that really needs to just have new life breathed into it. I mean, you we we talked about it last time. Neither of our teams have had a number one overall draft pick ever. Yes, that's true. What's the highest you guys have had? Second, um, Pat Falloon in 1991. Um, I, other than that, I, I know we've picked like seventh before. I don't know if we've picked any higher than that. Yeah, because we've got to remember Canucks fans, uh, uh, hockey fans, San Jose Sharks have been a really good team. For, their, for many, many years. And um, so it makes sense that they haven't been drafting that high at all. In fact, they've been much more successful than the Canucks actually in, as a whole. So when you, I'm curious because there's always jokes in the Vancouver fan base, Nick, about, um, well, not even jokes. It, there's two schools of thought. And the biggest school of thought is the Canucks roster as it's constructed right now, even if they sneak in, they're not going to do that much damage. They're just too weak on D goaltending is up and down we can outscore almost every team as you can see but that's not a, a successful formula in the playoffs what's the mood in san jose right now is it man it, all we got to do is string a few wins together is it do they actually use the t word which i can never say t-a-n-k or or are kind of people just supporting all the loyal soldiers that have played for this team for so long what's the mood in san jose right now well, it's very quiet. We're not a very vocal group when we're in the cellar the way that we are. Uh, that's something that has really come to light over the last couple of years. Yeah. So it's very different than what it was, you know, let's say a decade ago when both of our teams were very relevant. Yeah. So, yeah, there are definitely a lot of people out there who are just like, we know that this isn't getting any better anytime soon. And that's good. I, I, I think that's good for, to set our expectations that way. Because I, I think that the front office has finally started to kind of lean into that a little bit. They can't, you know, they're not in a position where it's like, okay, we're just going to 
get rid of Carlson's contract. We're going to get rid of Vlasic's contract and get rid of Couture's contract and everybody else named Timo and Tomash and and uh, uh, well, I guess those are the only other two good players we have. They're going <laughs> to they're going to get five years younger magically, and then right. we're going to make the playoffs in two years. Like, like none of that's going to happen, right? So, really, at this point, it's like, look, we're just going to wait out a couple of bad years. You know, the fans who are still around. And uh, hopefully we don't move out of San Jose, even though I I'm I firmly believe that that will happen in the next decade. Mm. Um, and, you know, the idea here is that we need to see if it's not going to happen this year, we need to start seeing some of these good young talents for us in our in our prospect systems actually get called up uh, starting next year yep. and start flourishing because we've already been we waited through three we wasted three years easily wasted three years by not leaning into this sooner you know that's, so we need uh, yeah. sorry nick that's such a fascinating point because a lot of hockey fans would say san jose looked like they were trying to rebuild on the fly and we're actually doing okay because somehow they thornton and marlo and dan boyle and all those older guys and then the Myers and Hurdles and Couture's coming up. LeBanc, even the, who we talked about last time, is kind of inconsistent. But do you think they got to do more in terms, or maybe you, what you just hinted at is at least give some more younger guys a shot? What do you think? Wow, I mean, this I could talk about for hours, right? Yeah. I I want that to happen, but I want that I'd like that to be in a situation kind of like, let's say Chicago when they had. Kane and Taves out there and Keith and, yeah. and Seabrook yeah. or like the avalanche where McKinnon came into the NHL just a few years into Landeskog's tenure and Miko Rontanen enters and then all of a sudden Kale McCarr comes in like you want that to start to form kind of around the same time frame you don't want to say let's call up one or two players and expect that the veterans, the old guard, are going to stay at the same level, yeah. you know, a couple of years down the road. So I think it's important that, you know, we see some of that chemistry start to form in the minors. And yes. and I mean, we don't even have that deep of a prospect pool there. It's decent, but we're very thin on defense in the prospect pool. So I would rather, for example, see... Eklund and Bordalo stay down there for a, another year, let's say, tear it up and have one of our best picks of this year's draft be a stud defenseman, you know, not this high risk or yeah, high risk, high reward Ryan Merkley situation, which has been a bust. Yeah. And then that way we have a good first power play unit in the making for, for the NHL. I'm right. thinking more along those lines. Sure. No, great answer. And I know, yeah, that, that it's a fascinating question that faces almost every team that's not named Colorado, Vegas, or New Jersey right now. Now, one more question, then we'll get to people's comments. I, did you get a chance to watch any of the Vancouver-Montreal game on Monday, or did you just hear about it? I did watch the highlights. Oh, you did? Okay. So you've seen a 7-6 victory. That game was crazy. Montreal goes up 4-0. We score 5 unanswered, 5-4. Then we lose the lead, go to 6-5, and then we score late with the Covenants left and then score win in overtime. Actually, kind of similar to this. Uh, not such big swings. But we've seen 7-6. We've seen 6-5. So, yes, we, we've crept up. We're basically within two points of a playoff spot where we, I keep saying we, but we're 500 for the first time since the season started. I think I know the answer, but is sure it's entertaining, but is this type of hockey for the Canucks from what you know of them? Do you think it's sustainable going forward? <laughs> you know, Clay, 
It surprisingly actually might be. Wow. Let's, let's hear it. Let's let's look. You've got in second place in the Pacific Division, the Seattle Kraken. Yep. Did you see that barn burner they played against the LA Kings last week where it was nine to eight? Yeah, we thought tonight was high scoring. Well, the, the Kings are still in third place in that division. Yep. Below them are the Calgary Flames and Edmonton Oilers. The Flames have won their last three games. Mm-hmm. I believe that those two teams had like a nine to six game in the playoffs to open things last year. Not exactly the most def- defensively responsible club in Edmonton. And Calgary has had crappy goaltending from Markstrom this year. Yep. So I, I look at some of those teams. Are they the upper echelon of the Western Conference? Not necessarily, but if the Canucks can get some results playing like this, then maybe they're not as far off as we think in terms of, you know, staying with the pack here. Right. You know, Minnesota, do they have great goaltending? Not particularly. Look at the Predators. They've clawed their way back into the playoff picture, which is great. But that being said, you say Saros hasn't quite been himself this year. Dallas, they they can attack better than, um, than, you know, they have previously. But are they an absolute fortress back there? Well, Jake Ottinger can be a big piece of that. But the actual defensive core, it's not quite maybe at the level that a team like the Avalanche is when they're healthy. So, look, I mean, you might just have to lean right into this because, (laughs) hey, let me me, uh, give you an analogy here. You, You watch a little bit of football, right? I do. Okay, well, I'm a huge Minnesota Vikings fan. We're 10-2 and on the season, but we've basically won all of our 10 games by single score. We absolutely disappear offensively in the third quarter, and defensively, we give those teams, we give our opponents all the room out there to, you know, get chunks of yards at a time, and ultimately, in the fourth quarter, we do we just are able to tighten the screws yep. and either yep. get get an interception in the end zone or heaven forbid kirk cousins the fourth quarter pharaoh as he's known <laughs> will drive the team down the field in crunch time and put up the dub so the canucks if they embrace this identity kind of like the kind of like the sharks did tonight where it's kind of like oh we're down a goal or we're yep. down two goals but that's okay cuz we can attack in a variety of ways, or mm. our power play is clicking and we're drawing penalties. Like I said, there are other teams who are having some success in the playoff picture in the Western Conference. Why can't it be the Canucks if maybe Demko comes back and plays both a little better? Yeah, well said, Nick. And uh, interesting, Canucks fans will know this. We've hardly played anyone in the Pacific Division yet. Aside from San Jose twice, we had a game against Anaheim, open the season against Edmonton. And uh, like one against Seattle and LA, but it's not like we've got any, except for San Jose, we haven't played any team two, three times yet. So there's a lot of points to be traded. I guess my point is there's a lot of points to be traded in the Pacific division. If you, if a team's trying to make up ground, Oh, that's awesome, Nick. So let's do this for our final segment, everyone. Let's get into the comment section. I know Nick was already active in there stalling for me as I was trying to set up all the text. So thank you, Nick. Very your way to uh, way to help me out there. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions for me or Nick or for both of us, Canucks related, Sharks related, we have a, another seven or eight minutes. So I'd love to get Nick's feedback on some of the things that we are seeing in the chat. So let's see. Uh, okay, here's one from Fangirl. Who's your favorite player, past or present, not from the Sharks? Yeah, uh, my favorite player who's not on the Sharks currently is TJ Oshie. Mm. An American hockey hero, yes, yeah, uh, for what he did back in the, the Winter Olympics yes. in 2014, and he's just an awesome dude, and I, I like the way he plays the game, uh, like how he's utilized on the power play. So, 
that's kind of in one camp. And then outside of that, if we're looking at, you know, Eris past, maybe Dominic Hoshik. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Just the craziest goaltender I've ever seen. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, you may have unfortunately seen me doing the gritty as, as a new gif. It's not going to replace the thumbs up, I think. But uh, no, I would not make you do one with me uh, unless you really want to. Oh man! If I'm going to be doing the gritty, it's because the Vikings are host or hoisting their first Lombardi Trophy. Fair enough. I have no idea what this means, but I'm going to ask it because Lindsay's always on these chats. Ask Nick if he was in the rowing pit at the oh. Amon. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, Amon Amarth is a Swedish uh, Viking metal band. Um, no, we didn't actually have that uh, at the shows that I, I went to, um, but it was still an excellent show. They still had all the stage theatrics and all that. But I I want to go to one of those. I Recently saw some heavy metal in Finland, um, but it was interesting in that uh, fans, concert goers there are not nearly as violent as they are in the States. So <laughs> I unfortunately didn't wake up with bruises or get kicked in the head by crowd surfers or anything like that or have beer spilled on me. Oh, very good. Well, I'm glad you're safe. Glad you made it out of there. Uh, JT Miller, by the way, this isn't a comment, but something I wanted your quick uh, reaction on. JT Miller, bench during overtime. Didn't play. Uh, do you think that had to that had something to do with earlier or was that more of kind of like a matchup? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, my guess, Nick, is that nothing to do with something that happened tonight. I think it was a, uh, accumulation of maybe bad decisions and they're not necessarily bad OT decisions. I just think maybe Boudreaux trusts some other guys a bit more right now. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite Canucks player of all time, Nick? I'm just making sure that I'm actually, Looking up somebody who played for the Canucks. <laughs> oh, okay, very good. good. You good. saw that. Very good. Yeah. Um, it's not because of how he played on the Canucks, but I loved his impact on the Sharks, and that was Manny Malhotra. Yeah. Great, great pick. We loved him here. Yeah. Uh, had that bad eye injury, and then came back, uh, tried to help us out in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But yes, he is He is very good. By the way, thank you, Dennis, um, for helping us out. Thank you, Robert. We have 80 of you in here. Only 31 likes. I like that 50% ratio. So let's get those likes up to 40 as we have here, uh, as we have Nick for a few more minutes. Um, yeah, so get give me a few more questions, you guys, in the chat. Nick's so good at answering these succinctly that we've actually... Uh, he says, uh, Lindsay says, <laughs> thanks for humoring me because I, I didn't even get to the pronunciation of, of the band's name. How long ago was that concert, by the way? Um, well, the last time I saw Amon and Marth was three years ago. Three years ago. Uh, so, yeah, they're still touring. They've been playing for a couple of decades. And actually, Amon and Marth is uh, it's from Lord of the Rings, even oh. though they're a Viking metal band. So Amon and Marth is the elven term for Mount Doom, where, of course, the Ring of Fire is ultimately cast. See, I learned so much, Ring man. Of- See, oh, I, you think I bring you on here to talk about the Sharks and the Pacific Division? I, this is pop culture 101 for me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not very cool, as you can tell. I'm an old man. How old are you, by the way? 35. Okay, I'm 48. I got 13 years on you. That's great. (laughs) I'm wearing this beanie because I'm going grayer faster (laughs) than I... I I got the skunk patch going. Okay, well, we'll stop comparing hairstyles. Any more questions for me or for Nick before before we let him do his thing and listen to more of his his music that I I don't think I can... I'd be able to figure out. (laughs) What do you... uh, What what do the Sharks have coming up in the next couple, couple weeks? Yeah, so it's interesting in that I, I know I keep like leading off all my answers with that, but uh, yeah, they have had a stretch of games a lot against teams that aren't in playoff spots, yeah. and that continues. And, and it's terrible in that they're 
basically losing all of these games just about. So they've got to go to Anaheim next against a team that has only won once in regulation. I think that was against us. No, they've beaten us twice in the shootout already. So, I mean, we, we've been doing our absolute best to lose to them. So then that way we can actually, you know, stoop below them in the standings like we should because the Ducks <laughs> should not be anywhere close near the number one pick by this at this point. This is ridiculous. Um, it's it's a it's a total fix. Um, and then after that, we go to Arizona okay. who, against a team that can they are there's the sum of their parts is much greater than their individual talents. Yeah, they're they're plucky. Oh, uh, Sadu says the legend wait next 30. Oh, he says when next 35, I'm 25 and I look 45 at 35. Nick's look looks incredibly young. There you go. So Sadu thinks you look a lot you. younger than 35 for sure. Hey, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. All right. We got one more. Thoughts on rumors. This is what Kaya May. So she's my co-host. She's another great host here at Game Over. She says, thoughts on rumors. The Sens want Carlson back. Is that true? I don't I don't think that that's... Well, that's why like, she put LOL. Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe like the, the fans might want him back. Or maybe some of the players on the team yeah. might want to play with him, even though nobody actually played with Carlson. And as you, you mentioned... Know, they weren't around that long, yeah. Right. And as you mentioned the Ducks, and I thought about... We talked about how good the Sharks have been, and I think about their epic matchup against Vegas in the playoff. Who is the San Jose Sharks' biggest rival right now? Would you say it's Vegas? Even though Vegas, like Vegas, they, they've I think a couple of players have quoted have been quoted that this isn't even a rivalry anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you but think? yeah, if you ask Sharks fans, it's it's Vegas until Vegas dies a excruciatingly painful and warranted death then then it's it's vegas and then and then eventually and then it'll be la at some other point like that's the thing yeah la is like let me let me, let me say this oh god i only have like a video game analogy like la is more of a of a rival whereas like the golden knights are more of an enemy yes yeah okay that's well said. That's well said. I I like your analogies. They're very good. We had Minnesota Vikings. We had video games. We had Lord of the... So many good things here. All right, Nick. We got a minute left. Uh, thank you once again. And I think... Do the Canucks... The Canucks... They must play the Sharks at least one more time. They have to. Two more times in Vancouver. Okay. Okay. Actually, one of them... I think... Is one of them December 27? Sound- I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. I didn't know if you had... It sounded like you had the schedule memorized. So, so I think I want to get you on here at least one more time. I think one of the two games I'm going to, but the other one, if I'm doing, I would love to have you back. I know everyone watching would. So um, as we wrap up here, Nick, I'll let you go and then I'll wrap up the show. Once again, thank you. And where can people follow you on social? Yeah. So it all starts with my YouTube channel. That is Twisted Wrister Hockey. I'm also on Twitter and I'm also on Instagram. And I'll also be back on here, I believe on the 20th, when the Sharks take on the Calgary Flames. So Audie James and I will be uh, chatting. For awesome. That. So game over fans, if you want more of Twisted Rister, you want no, more of Nick, yeah, uh, two weeks from now, he will be on with Audie after Calgary San Jose. Nick, thanks again. My Zoom's going to kick us out in like two seconds. So thanks again for everything, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Clay, and thank you, everybody. All right, take care. Awesome. That is Nick Pinkerton of Twisted Rister Hockey. I see him off on my side screen. I'm waving at him, but he can't see me because my video doesn't work. I appreciate that he was here with us tonight to break down this game. I appreciate all of you. I'm, I, I'll stay for about five more minutes 
and I can pop into the chat for five more minutes. My own show, I will do 10 minutes from now. So I'll do five minutes with you, wrap up, and then I'll do my own show starting in 10 minutes. If you want to uh, talk more about this game and break it down from a completely Canucks perspective. Um, so yeah, some great people in here. Oh yeah, you're right, uh, Rosero. I didn't even mention that it was the reverse retros. By the way, uh, whether you're a Canucks fan or Sharks fan, type in the chat, which of those two jerseys do you think looks better? And it was kind of weird to see the Canucks wear their home blues in San Jose and the Sharks wearing their away whites. But which reverse retro jersey did you like better? And I, I know Nick's still in the chat. Nick, you can chime in here. But which one do you like better? And be honest. I, I want to hear, I want to see um, what you guys think. Is it the Johnny Canuck inspired blue for Vancouver? Or is it the, I, I must admit, they're pretty sweet looking San Jose Sharks ones. What do we got? What do we got? We got the Canucks. We got Canucks. Anyone else? Uh, Kaime says San Jose is the best reverse retro. Coach Rob says both look good. Twi Even Nick said the Canucks RR is, is greater than the San Jose RR, but both look sharp. So what dance is it going to be tonight on your show? You know what to do? I never even thought about that. The Canucks have won three straight and I have to do a dance now tonight. But uh, I think I know uh, I think I know what I'm going to break out on very short notice. Anything else, you guys, before we wrap up? Otherwise, this is probably a good chance to wrap. So I know Nick's in the chat. Nick, once again, thank you. Thank you to uh, Dennis and Robert who was here, who were here tonight helping out. Kai May, uh, glad that you were able to stop by as well. And I appreciate all of you, even people saying that uh, the, the Canucks reverse retro does not look good. <laughs> the safety dance. Yeah, that's that's one I could do. It's, I, I can tell you one thing, Nick. It's going to be one that doesn't require a lot of movement yeah rosero i should get sean down for for my stream so why don't we do this why don't we wrap up this stream so it doesn't confuse people if you want more canucks talk in about 10 minutes i'll be going live on my own channel canuck clay um, right here on youtube so first and foremost thank you everyone for being here tonight thanks to nick pinkerton of twisted wrister hockey for joining me once again twice in 10 days so blessed to have nick with me and always saying yes before you go subscribe to this youtube channel sdpn like the video we're at 38 likes just two of you two of you like it we get up to 40 and then my night i can i can uh leave in peace and then if you're listening on a podcast platform make sure you rate and review as well and don't forget you can buy sdpn merchandise game over merchandise it's the very first link that you see in the description down below so once again um, i'll be starting my own show in a few minutes Canuck Clay right here on, on YouTube. You can certainly find me there. And now I'm not doing one of these game overs for a couple weeks because the next couple weeks I'll be either going to games or studying for my final, for my master. And then I'm away for a week. So I think my next game isn't until December the 29th. Yeah, so you, you get a three-week break from me here on Game Over. Canucks are 6-2. and two. They're going to have to win for either Kaya or, or Sam. I'm sure they will. But uh, let's rejoice. The Canucks still within striking distance of a playoff spot and 500 for the first time since their opening night loss to the Edmonton Oilers. So as always, thanks for being here. Stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, and take care of each other. And I got to tell you, for Christmas, I bought my lovely wife, Gail, brand new beads for her abacus. It's the little things that count.
Take care. And go Canucks go. Good night, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada Sportsbook.